as you guys already know, my name is Pauline and welcome to my first entry on overcoming negative thought patterns by challenging your beliefs. So thank you for deciding to take some time to listen to me ramble on this. I chose to talk about this because this is the number one thing I've battled with for the longest time, but it's also the greatest work God is doing in my life. Now I can't lie to you and say that I'm 100% delivered from this area because healing and growing from this issue has been a nonlinear process that requires a lot of time, discipline, and forgiveness in myself, especially when it comes to unlearning narratives, stories, and conditioned beliefs that I have been very much accustomed to. My negative thought patterns really stems from the fact that I dealt with a lot of unaddressed wounds that need to be explored and healed and it's more on this internalized fear that I have and being this fraud, somehow when I don't meet my expectations regarding my performance in a lot of things, whether it would be in school, work, or just my accomplishments and skills in general, these were things that I always felt like I doubted myself wherein I would invalidate whatever I achieved and I never really feel like it's enough. I ended up having this habit of constantly punishing myself. I always had this inner voice that despised me, doubted me, and made me feel rejected and unworthy. That's when I started to battle with my negative thought patterns as I had stories or narratives I rehearse in my head based on my experiences and what I think is true about myself. It's really annoying, honestly. I expect everything to always go the way that I want it to be, and I end up either overcompensating and overperforming to the point where it becomes really detrimental to my functioning. I've become so obsessed with seeing flaws in myself and just pointing them out, and these flaws that I have, they would be amplified more than the good things that I have done because I love to recite the mistakes that I commit in my head over and over and over again. It can even be in something that's like not even that important. For instance, when I answer a person's question and I don't deliver it the way that I hope, I think about that conversation and my answer repeatedly in my head and I just think like, you know, maybe I should have said this, this probably would have made more sense, this person probably thinks I'm stupid, and I don't even care about that person, so I don't even know why it's a big deal to me, I just don't want to see be seen as someone who's stupid when I know I could have said or done better. It's just, ugh. But I learned that the habit of me constantly punishing myself and obsessing over my flaws and my mistakes is because I've just become this self-absorbed person that put so much importance in what people think of me and that is so wrong and that is not the right way to approach life. Before any trauma, I used to be like a major people pleaser because I struggled with codependency patterns. So I was just this pushover, this doormat that I allowed people to step on, which is so embarrassing. Thank God for deliverance in that area of my life because I just cringe every time I think about that, but that's fine. Cringing just means that you've developed and evolved as a person, so that's a good sign. But yeah, anyways, I just came to this breaking point of being fed up with how my brain was functioning, with how I was operating, with how I viewed myself and the experiences around me because I definitely knew it was more of a perspective issue and I just remember praying to God, just questioning like, why do, why do I have to be this way? Why do I have to think these things? Like, I know 
for a fact that I have to think things that are aligned with God's truth but it was just so difficult for me because I was more consumed with my self-absorbed thoughts with my inner voice but it made me lose my peace and I was so sick of losing my peace and I didn't want that so I definitely knew that I needed God's healing and grace in that area of my life so that's when I started to allow him to do the work in me it was a strong encounter that I had with God because I remember just being filled with so much insecurities and self-doubt and is really eating me and so I was just sobbing in my bed and then suddenly there was just this thought, this voice that came into my head. It was a gentle question that asked me, Pauline, where is your humility? I started to think that, wow, the reason why I was so insecure it was because I was such a self-absorbed person that only cared about myself. And from that moment, I knew that it was God rebuking me. God was telling me that it was time to shift my focus. It was time to refocus where I put my attention on because my inner voice that caused me to doubt, that caused me to practice these negative thoughts that made me punish myself, that became my truth and that became my reality and I was living life through that distorted way of thinking, through that perspective. So humility was just a word that was echoing in my head so I decided to just learn more about it in the Bible. So by definition, humility means that you have a low view of your importance, it is valuing your importance less, but biblically it means that your worth, confidence and your value, it comes from God because it is God who created you therefore it's only him who gets a say in what your worth is and to God we are valuable and we are worthy I mean he even sent Jesus Christ to die for us so that already says so much about our worth to him and yeah it's believing what God says about us and what he thinks about us over what we think or say about ourselves including what anyone else says or think about us if you're listening to me and you're not really a Christian or a believer, so you don't really know why this means a lot to me, well, I've kind of already knew how to battle my negative thought patterns. I knew that it required practicing new thoughts. I knew that it required reciting self-affirmations so that it would, you know, refrain in my mind. But even if I tried to do that, it never really felt enough to me. It didn't really fulfill or satisfy me. Because no matter what, I still remained this insecure person who constantly doubted myself, who fell back to that old habit of just punishing myself. Because personally, I just felt like it was so much work. It required so much striving to see yourself the way that you want, which is someone who's valuable, confident, who's fearless. I wanted to see myself as those things, but it was so difficult for me to believe that. Especially since, yeah, I've been so accustomed to negative thought patterns and reciting self-affirmation truths and seeing good things about myself and just um, rehearsing those good things about myself in my head. It didn't feel enough. It didn't really work for me. In fact, I just felt like it required so much work, which is why I never got the healing and the transformation that I desperately needed. Not until I went to God and I prayed to him and talked to him. And the Isaiah 43 verse 1 
verse struck me and it reads but now thus says the lord he who created you o jacob he who formed you o israel fear not for i have redeemed you i have called you by name you are mine and again if you're not really a believer and you don't know the names jacob and israel because they were just mentioned but pretty much we represent jacob he was one of god's chosen people he's um, where the descendants of Israel came from. So Jacob is Israel. His name became Israel after he was redeemed by God. And Jacob was an imperfect person. He was even known to be someone who wrestled with God. He was His faith towards God was shaky. It was inconsistent. But still, God did a good work in him because God was more invested with his personal growth, with the process and his journey of growing to becoming the person God wanted him to be and to fulfilling this purpose that God wanted to be fulfilled. And that's what God is doing to us too. Anyways, back to the verse. I'm sorry I'm straying away from the topic here. But anyways, the reason why that verse struck to me because you know, it became this pivotal moment in my life when I was praying to God. And my perspective started to change coming out of this darkness wherein I started to see a new light in things. I started to see myself in a new light as God's creation that he created a wonderful purpose for. And I wanted to know what my purpose was. I wanted to know the reason to my existence. And that can only be made known by having this relationship with god knowing him more and knowing what he created us for with that the way that i saw myself shifted i began to see myself as god's purpose i was no longer enslaved by my doubts the old narratives i would tell myself and my insecurities revolving around my value and worth i know the fact that god has given me breath in my lungs and a beating heart means that i am needed here and that i am valuable and criticizing my abilities skills and work is undermining what god has given me it is criticizing the work god is doing in me and knowing who god is nothing he does is flawed when i was able to embrace that truth and reality i was able to see myself as someone who's human someone who is flawed in many ways but that doesn't matter because i'm someone who doesn't need to be perfect perfect is an unachievable standard it's something that can never be achieved and yeah i learned to see myself as someone who isn't defined and limited by my abilities my skills and my accomplishments i then was able to see myself as god's child as god's working progress Talking about negative thought patterns is really complex. It's something that if not everyone, most of us go through because our brain is wired in such a way where 80% of the over 6,000 thoughts we have daily are actually negative. We call this the negative bias, which is quite a mechanism for us all when we're trying to look out for anything that can jeopardize our safety. It's like this survival instinct. However, we can interrupt these thoughts by questioning and validating whether it's coming from something that we're conditioned to believe because thoughts are not facts it's just stories that we tell ourselves that lives in our subconscious mind it becomes what is true to us and we would do anything to really confirm that truth for me i was always conditioned to look at the worst in something to amplify my flaws and attach mental narratives of unworthiness and self-doubt in whatever i experienced 
and I ignored what I felt wasn't true to whatever I was thinking because I was always looking to confirm my thoughts of unworthiness and self-doubt. As I mentioned, I did everything that I can to understand what I was going through, why I was feeling this way, and to learn how to see the good in me as well as to change my narrative and beliefs. Yet I still struggled to really believe in myself, but when it came to seeing myself the way God sees me, that's when it transformed me. That's when I was empowered by God's Holy Spirit to see life in God's lens. I know that we can never really fully grasp, understand, or see things the way God does, but we can align everything that we experience and our perspective into God's truth. But hey, you can really and definitely get the help that you need through therapy, meditation, journaling, and you can self-heal. I did that and it really did work out for me and I'm sure it would for you as well. The problem, however, was that it worked out for me, but temporarily it requires a lot of discipline, consistency, and work. Whereas going to God, there's just a sense of peace and stillness that emerges where you no longer have to strive because God, God's Holy Spirit is doing the work in you. You just have to ask for it and let it because our human strength, capabilities, and knowledge is so limited that it can never really feel or be enough for us because only God can give us a strength, peace, and blessing that surpasses all understanding. John 14:27 even indicates, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That is Jesus talking to us. He is saying that through him, we can have access to God's peace. And it's not the kind of peace we can ever find in this world. God gives us eternal peace. The world gives us temporal. If you're struggling right now with constant negative self-talk, anxiety, and just functioning in a way where you can never find peace in yourself and your experiences, I'm not trying to force you into believing me, but I'm just here to share about a God who in miraculous ways saved me from something I thought couldn't be healed. I admit, it's still a process and journey to fully be delivered, but slowly and gradually there has been a transformation because my confidence is not coming from how I can help myself and how I can do the work, but it's this confidence and faith that knowing that God can help me do the work and it's not something to be done alone. Because God did and is doing the work in me and there's no doubt God would do the same for you because he desires to. You're his child. He created you. He knows you. He knows the thoughts that are holding you captive. Those thoughts that leave you sleepless and scared. Those thoughts that cause anxiety and depression. God knows them before you can even present them to him. And he wants to renew your mind. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to have everything together. God is close to the brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. All he wants from you is to show up. He meets you where you're at and he wants to help you. But all it takes is surrender. And the reason why we're so fearful to surrender is because we want to be in control. We want to live life the way that we want. But that's not how life is designed for us because there will be things that are outside our control. To ever think that we can be in control is foolish. But 
The good news is there's a God who can help us navigate through obstacles, challenges, and there is a God who can fulfill the purpose we are here for. In order to heal from negative thought patterns, it first requires breaking mental attachments. For us to heal from those thoughts, we must address patterns that cause us to be in these repetitive cycles of pain, anxiety, brokenness, insecurity, self-doubt, unworthiness. Our mind is a soil and you have to view the people around you, what you consume yourself with, as well as what you watch or listen to, to be the gardeners of your life. Because whoever or whatever you associate yourself with is planting something in you. If you allow your spirit to be fed with thoughts that cause you to be depressed, anxious, insecure, then that's what you plant. You plant depression, anxiety, and insecurity. Proverbs 23 verse 7 indicates, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you sow, that becomes what you reap. I learned how important it is to really take care of my mind and to protect my peace. And a part of protecting my peace is allowing what resides in my mind. You can't always control the experiences and feelings that you have that gets you to be in your thoughts, but you can control what you allow to reside in your head. Like I mentioned a while ago, I struggled with people-pleasing and being a doormat, but it came from this habitual thinking of when I refuse to perform or meet people's needs, I become someone who is unworthy or useless, and that became my belief. But I also learned that it came from the fact that I never really had much self-respect, and that made me lose my own sanity. And a part of also protecting my peace is being aware of my own needs as well as understanding when someone else's baggage is not mine to carry. I feel like a lot of my trauma was because of other people's trauma and that really sucks. That's when I also learned that I have to be careful with who I allow in my inner circle of what I allow my mind to be fed with. That's why I'm pretty picky with who I choose to be close with but hey that's a good thing because whether you hate to admit it or not, you unconsciously become the people you spend most of your time with. You pick up their habits a lot of the time because I know that happens to me. So yeah, and another thing is that my negative thought patterns and anxieties really manifest in my dreams. That's why I lose a lot of sleep because I get scared of sleeping too long because I don't want to dream because I always get nightmares and it's it's really frustrating that's why you have to be careful with what you allow your mind to be fed with i just realized that every time i have like really bad insecurities and i just result in a lot of self-doubt and negative self-talk i tend to have nightmares of me losing my teeth it's really scary because i've been having that same nightmare for like seven years now which, by the way, is a common nightmare for everyone and it does mean that you have problems with yourself and you have these insecurities. Insecurities that are unaddressed. But moving on, talking about how our mind is a soil is so important because Satan will create cycles in our head that will distort our thinking. He is trying to destroy our thought patterns and if our brain is dead, so is our functioning. We may still have breath in our lungs and a beating heart, but what keeps us functioning is our brain. 
again if you're not really a christian or a believer so you're kind of confused over what this means but basically we don't just live in a physical world we live in a spiritual world too and in the spiritual realms there are forces of evil and good and and they're trying to battle for what will dominate in our mind so let me just read from john 10 verses 7 to 10 Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I love, 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 love this verse so much because it reminds us that there will be moments in our life where we will have these intrusive thoughts and voices in our head that, by the way, is the enemy trying to steal our joy and our peace to remind us of things that aren't true. But we're supposed to model the behavior of a sheep towards their shepherd. The sheep listens to only one voice, which is their shepherd, and our shepherd is Jesus. Therefore, we must take all these thoughts and reflect on it. Does it align to what the truth says in the Bible? It's funny because I always had this mentality that I like probably would have been so powerful if my mental health was so good. That's why the enemy wants to attack that. Because he's threatened by my power. And that really applies to you as well. Whatever the enemy is trying to attack in your life, that's because he knows that you're powerful with that and he's trying to take that away from you. Think about it. Whatever our weaknesses are is actually made perfect in God's strength because that's where his glory is revealed. And we always say that the enemy is a liar and we shouldn't believe him, but sometimes we're so focused on those lies that we forget, that we make it seem like it's God that's lying to us so let me just read from second corinthians 10 verse 5 we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to christ most of us were taught or conditioned to suppress our emotions avoid talking about what hurts and to suffer in silence most of us dealt with people who denied and invalidated our emotions that cost us to suppress whatever we feel so when we have these thoughts that get us all up in our feels we choose to avoid it but the truth is the more we try to power away from our emotions or thoughts the louder it gets and the stronger it gets a hold of us we can't control our thoughts like what i said a while ago but we can't control how much attention we give it don't shut those thoughts but we have to look at it with sympathy and bring it to god And we have to ensure that it matches the truth of God. So I've taken note of three major revelations and point of realizations that I had, which I hope would stick with you after listening to this entry. The first would be to acknowledge your thoughts and to bring them to God. I noticed that whenever I didn't acknowledge my thoughts, it only aggravated it. It only made that thinking to be something that was just so accustomed to me something that i never addressed until it reached my breaking point and i've had enough with how i felt and behaved and how these thoughts made me feel so even if you go through something that isn't that pivotal yet you experience hurt doubt or anxiety you always have to bring it to god because that feeling which happened to me can turn into a state 
Our triggers, wounds, and emotions highlight areas in our life that need to be explored and healed from God, which is so important. That's why we have to pay attention to that and ask God to help us navigate through it. So yes, that is the first step, because when we confess and acknowledge it, there is a different level of wholeness, freedom, and healing that steps into our life. The second step is to really allow God to help us renew our mind with whatever his truth is. As Romans 12 verse 2 indicates, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The habit of thinking of a particular thought over and over and over again, it changes our brain, which consequently affects our nervous system, which makes it easier for us to default to such thought patterns, because the more that we think about something, the more likely we are to believe it, and our brain operates through our subconscious thoughts, which is our practice thoughts and or are the conditioned beliefs that we have, so that becomes our truth and reality. So the essence here is that we have to renew our minds because when we do that we change our beliefs and when we change our beliefs we change our life but it really starts with our thoughts so let me just read from philippians 4 verse 8 finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things the moment we change our thoughts, our perspective starts to shift. Therefore, our experience revolving around that perspective will also begin to change. We have to witness the different thoughts that are present in our lives and practice being just this conscious witness of the thoughts that we have. And we have to notice any thoughts that really connect to certain beliefs that we need to change. For instance, dealing with my insecurities, I always internalize things or make whatever is said or done to me something personal if someone mistreated me i would think that their mistreatment is a reflection of myself and not them i would blame it on me which is so embarrassing i always cringe every time i think about this i'm so thankful to god that i grew in that aspect of my life and that's really because i learned to practice new truths which i will talk about more in the end but one of them is really being mindful of my needs, meeting them on my own by the help of God, of course, and valuing my existence as God's creation and undermining who I am and my abilities is criticizing the work of God, which I mentioned. So now that I know my worth in him and my foundation is based on that truth, I am able to know my value as a person and that can't be taken away by anyone because it is only God who created me that defines my value and my worth. Another thing is that we need to refocus our attention because the most powerful choice we can make is on how much attention we are spending on those old beliefs that we are conditioned to think. We have to learn how to control where our attention goes. For me, I go directly to breathing exercises before any meditation or prayer because one time I was feeling so angry. So I was like, this is an issue. I need to address this. So I tried to do a meditative prayer on anger but i had to pause it because i wanted to get angry it's so weird but yeah i had to pause it because i don't think i really process that anger and i wanted to feel it so yeah doing breathing exercises first would help because it would help you calm down because 
our emotions actually pass after 90 seconds. The reason why it stays longer is because we tend to rehearse mental narratives that really just cause us to be all up in our feels. So this leads me to my last point, which is we have to practice new thoughts. Like I mentioned and what helped me, I had to practice new thoughts. I had to recite and claim an affirmation based on God's truth and practice it every morning. Because old beliefs can change, but it starts with discipline. If you want healing and transformation, you have to do the work. It takes consistency. You have a choice. Do you want to feed those old beliefs or make that conscious choice of practicing new thoughts? This is when the power of reading God's word steps in. The Holy Spirit can minister to you through God's word. So whatever you feel, align it to what is true in the Bible. Because we don't just read the Bible, it it reads us, it communicates to us. The Bible was written by the guidance and revelation of God's Holy Spirit, which through its power imparts to us. The God who knows all things created all things writes to us so we can experience him in life fully. The words in the Bible are active and alive. They are God breath, which is why we can read the same verse or passage over and over, but receive different revelations from God as to what it means to us and how it can be applied in our life or our current situation. In fact, let me just read from Hebrews 4 verse 12. It reads, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing a soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. There is so much power in the word of God. And when we ask the Holy Spirit to communicate and impart to us to what is, on what is true, the Holy Spirit knows us much more than we know ourselves. It has the ability to judge not only our thoughts, but the motives and intentions we have. And it convicts us. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and listen. Therefore, the new truths that we have based on God's word that the Holy Spirit imparted to us, we have to continuously manifest, declare, and claim it over our lives. Because from doing that, we can see the transformation occur. Because repetition of words can actually impact our subconscious mind. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says there's death and life and the power of the tongue, so you know how powerful your words can be. And from that, it affects our subconscious mind, which consequently becomes our reality. So this marks the end of this episode. Thank you all so much for listening to me. I hope that you are blessed or at least you learned something from my experience. Always remember that whatever you hear or listen to, bring it to God. And that includes whatever you heard from me. So again, thank you all so much for listening. And if you want to tune in for more updates or read my podcast notes, it's on my Instagram account at entries by Pauline. And also you can message me if you need a friend, I'll be here. So thank you guys once again and see you in the next one.